So I think it's important to preface this episode by letting you know that we are going to be walking through our battle with anxiety and fear. However, we are not mental health professionals, and if you are battling with anxiety or any other mental illness, please seek the advice of a licensed healthcare professional. Hey, what's up? This is TJ and Brittany. And this is Life with TJ and Brittany. Hey guys, welcome back um, to our podcast. We're excited for you guys to be tuning in today. I think it's going to be a very um, interesting topic, mm-hmm. very real topic. Yep. I think it's something that so many people struggle with, right. um, whether it's kid, no matter the age. Yes. And, uh, and it's, it's anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I had a... Had a moment. I had a moment. So. Um, we've, we've dealt with that even with our marriage, you know, some things yes. that you had to walk through, you know, it's not, it's not always the easiest thing to talk about. I think it will help so many other people just how, um, yourself walk through it along with, with me and mm-hmm. even the kids right. walk through it with you. And, um, I want you to share the story. I think that paints the, the background mm-hmm. of it and then. The trauma, and then this is steps that you had to take to get to where we are today. Right. So, um, so for those of you who don't know, we live in Joplin, Missouri. Jomo. <laughs> so, I don't even know why I've done that. I I'm not even. I've never really done it before, but I don't know. Actually, felt good though. Okay. Well, you know, rep your city, I guess. No, no, Popper Bluff. No, don't get it twisted. <laughs> see, see, you gonna have all my Blue Hill people on. Me. See there, you gotta watch. You gotta watch them. <laughs> Husband, you got to watch your wives every now and then. Okay, but this is up. your city for the last 15 this is, years. No, it is, it is my city. So. It's my community, and I love my community. Yeah. But where While I'm from, still where I'm from, love. I'm always going to rep Popper Bluff. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the 573. Tatted oh. in my blood. So. Okay, I guess so. <laughs> anyway, so we live in Joplin, Missouri. And in 2011, we had a massive tornado. Yes. So it was an EF5. Um, we lost a lot of lives that day. And um, so that has just become, I hate to say this, but it kind of has become who we are. It has become, it's not become who we are. Let me rephrase that. It has become a part of who we are as our identity as people from Joplin. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll go places even on vacation and we'll say, we're from Joplin, Missouri. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that. The tornado. Right. You know, and yeah. I resented that for a long time. Like, yeah. because we got to a point in the healing process where it was like, I don't want that to be part of who I am. Absolutely. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is. It is part of what we've been through. um, And the things that we've been through become part of who we are. So um, that day in particular, I was home Mm -hmm. with our girls. And TJ was gone. I think you were gone to a basketball tournament. So it was a Sunday afternoon. Yes. And Beautiful day. It was. Isn't that crazy? The girls and I were just at the park. Beautiful day. Yes. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of clouds in the sky. At the moment, but it was hot. Yes. It was nice. It was in May. So it was that yeah. springtime, you know, and springtime in the Midwest equals stormy weather. It just is what it is. And so, you know, I was home with the girls and it went from being absolutely beautiful to being pitch black outside. And that yeah. was at a time where I did not really pay much attention to the weather. I didn't ever look at forecasts or what the weather was going to be like. So I know that it was forecasted. Now I know that it was forecasted to be 
a pretty intense day. Like, that the possibility was there that it would be pretty intense. And in our area, and then I want to clarify, like, when it, the wind blows hard. Yes. The sirens go off. Yes. Our tornado sirens go off at 70 miles an hour. So even if there's not a tornado warning or there's not a risk of tornado, our sirens still go off at 70 miles an hour because there's risk of damage and you want people to be inside. Right. So... It's plenty of times we'd be driving and hear the sirens going off because it's windy and we don't even pay. No, we at that time didn't right. pay no attention. Like always, oh, just the sirens. Turn your music up over it and yes, and go on. Yes, and so it was just something you know you become kind of immune to it. But now we know you can't do that. If the sirens are going off or if there's risk of tornado, no, it may not always happen. It may not even be likely that it happens, but. It's there for a reason. It's there because there's a possibility and you want to keep yourself safe and your family safe. And so you just pay attention. Um, but that day was before we really, you know, we hadn't experienced it before. So, you know, we just, we learned and we grew since then. But I was home with the girls and it was very nice outside. And all of a sudden it went pitch black and they had a friend over from a couple of houses down and the sirens were going off. And so I don't know if this was the right choice or not, but I sent the girl out the door. <laughs> To go Good job, home. babe. Good job. <laughs> As the sirens are going off, because you know her family, her mom was outside. Like I watched her go. I made sure she got there safely. Mm. But wow. I don't know that that was wow. that that was the right choice. She was safe. It was fine. But again, you Poor don't know what girl. you don't know. We apologize, to the little girl. Now, <laughs> and me and the girls, I just felt something different that day. I think it was the first time in years that I had actually felt like, oh, something doesn't feel right. And so I took, we took shelter in the bathroom. The girls and I had the radio on um, in the bathroom listening to the weather, which I had never done before. Like, I don't know. When you say you felt something different, uh, do you think now knowing, do you think it was the Holy Spirit or maybe the, your mother's intuition? Like, what do you, what do you think that was? Because, I mean, being around you so long, like, we never really worried about mm-hmm. weather at all. No, and even yeah. like we've talked before about how on our story, how I drove back and forth um, to Poplar Bluff for years. Absolutely. And I remember driving through terrible storms. And like start hailing. Yeah, and yeah. I would just pull over and then it'd be fine and I would go on. Like it was never something that I paid attention to. So I don't know. Uh, maybe a combination of all, like, because I remember when it started, we were taking shelter in the bathroom and I was had the radio on and I was on the phone with you. And I remember yes. calling you and saying, this doesn't feel right. Like something doesn't, I'm scared. I remember saying that I'm scared. And then the phone cut out and you were I, driving what was home. Like? Was I like, suck it up? I don't remember. I don't, re- honestly, I don't remember. There was so much going on at that point. I, I don't, don't remember, remember what you said. Did I say something heroic? Like I'll be there. I don't know. No, probably didn't. Probably not. But, Cause okay. that's not your style. But, right, but, I, but it would have sounded good <laughs> for the, the listeners, but okay. But I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember the phone cut out and I was like, Oh no, like yeah. this is for real. And then I started hearing the sounds, the sounds of what it, People, you can't describe it unless you've been through it. A lot of people say it sounds like a train. And for years, people thought the train horn, but no, like the rumble. The rumble of a train is what it sounded like. And I remember it getting so close that I could feel the walls of the house kind of breathing is what they call Mm -hmm. it. They were moving um, in and out and you could just feel the flex and the pressure and my ears started popping. And I remember like I couldn't say anything except Jesus. Like, I just remember saying over and over, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as we heard everything, and it was just like, I expected at any moment that the roof was going to fly off. And, you know, I just had no idea what was happening. And then it kind of, the power went out and the radio cut out. 
And it started to kind of calm. But I remember thinking like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to, what do I do now? Next. Like, is it over? Is there more coming? I remember going outside and opening the door and everything was kind of yellow. And there was like someone's interior door in our front yard. And there were like jeans in the yard and insulation. Like there was just stuff everywhere. And we had a couple of broken windows. But as I looked down the street, we lived just a couple of blocks for reference from Joplin High School. So if anybody has seen or if you look up pictures of Joplin High School pre-tornado, it was completely or not pre-tornado, but after the tornado, it was completely destroyed. So that was just two blocks down the road from us. And the house is at the end of the block were destroyed. And so I remember I was outside and there was a neighbor across the street and we were just kind of talking and like, is it over? Are we good? And I remember thinking, I can't get radio. So I went and turned on the radio on my car mm-hmm. and I was like, I, leave my, I can turn my car on and listen to the radio that way. So we were kind of listening and just... That's pretty smart. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Like for you yeah. to be able to think like that in such a terrifying moment, like that's... Shout outs to you, babe. Like that's pretty smart. Yeah, I am pretty smart. You are. <laughs> but I think in that moment, it was just survival. You know, survival yeah. kind of kicks in and you have no idea what's going on. Um, and so there was a lot that happened, you know, after that in the days of recovery and, you know, transitioning back to normal. But immediately from that time, I started having fear. And it was just like fear set in immediately. And I left. I couldn't get a hold of you. All the phone, cell phone towers were out. There yeah. was no internet. We couldn't get on Facebook because we were right in the midst of like the chaos. And I remember like you could smell gasoline, like there was just things were burning and it was just crazy. And immediately I thought, I got to get out of here. Like, I don't know what's going on. So um, tell them about the houses around um, our home. Like, you know, um, it was, it's crazy. I'm just kind of picturing it now. Our house was fine. The house in front of us was fine. But a house or down, a house or two or down, is just demolished. Gone. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel when you walked out? I think this all plays a big part of of your trauma, right? Because when you came out and you're talking to the neighbor across the street, there were their house is fine, right? But what about two houses down? How did the houses even look? Yeah, they were just everything was in shambles. Like I don't really know how to describe it. Like you would see things and. You know, roofs would be off of houses, walls would be off of houses, but then there were random things like there would be a corner of the whole house would be gone, but there would be a corner that was still perfect, like books still on lamp on tables, and and, you know, just like that looked completely untouched. But I couldn't really process any of that at the time, and I'm kind of sad about it. Like it's been something, and maybe part of just my trauma, looking back on it. And I had two young kids with me, so maybe this is part of it. But I have had guilt of, like, I couldn't even process, I need to go see if people are okay. You know, it was, for me, it was protective mode of, like, I got to get my girls and I got to get out of here. And so I did. Like, I just, I couldn't get a hold of you. I didn't know where you were at at the time. And I just took the girls and I drove to my mom's house, which was, like, 20 minutes away. I'm like, I just got to get. I got to get them away. In a way, I'm glad that you you didn't. This sounds selfish of me, but didn't stop to help anybody because I I try to stop and help people, and the things that I that I seen just crazy stuff. I mean, you're talking about, and you can look up on YouTube. You're talking about cars balled up like aluminum foil, mm-hmm. and trees, and on top of houses, and you know, stop signs embedded in concrete walls, and it's just things that you never. 
it doesn't seem real. Right. And and I had to see that, you know. So I'm kind of glad that you and the girls got in, in the car and went to Mama Linda's house. I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad that um, you guys done that instead of moving around to see some of the things that, that I had to see um, because it, it's tough. Yeah. And I've seen a lot in my life, but that was that was the by far one of the roughest days I've had. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely it was definitely a life-changing moment for those of us who were here and experienced it. Whether you experienced it like full on in the trauma, you lost a family member or, you know, you were in in your basement and your house your house flew away or you know, like us being even just a block away from it, or even the surrounding cities, like people here in this yeah. area, the suburbs, I don't want to say Joplin has suburbs really, but we do have, you know, smaller cities that touch us. Everyone felt it, everyone. And people were amazing. People came and it people was. helped. And it was just, it was amazing the things that happened in the days afterwards. But for me, that's when fear and anxiety started to set in. And I remember the next day I tried to go, back to the house. I was mm-hmm. like, cause I knew we didn't have power. I'm like, let me go at least grab the Some things stuff. out of the fridge. So, you know, so we don't lose our food and it started to storm again. And nice. I, I jumped ship. I'm like, Nope, I'm going back. I couldn't even go there. And it was just things, you know, I just had never seen anything like that before. And I think that was the enemy just used that opportunity. And I know I'm not the only one because, you know, I've talked to so many people who've experienced this or experienced Um, other natural disasters or traumas that the enemy just uses those things. And so I left, I think that happened on a Sunday and I went in the days after I did stay and go, I was a teacher at the time at Mm -hmm. two schools that were both hit by the tornado. And we went with our staff to try to do, um, try to locate all of our students. Like we had student lists and we just wanted to touch base with those who hadn't contacted us. Um, we wanted to touch base and make sure that all of our students were okay. So I did do that in the couple of days following, but then there were more storms coming in the days after. And that was so, rough. yeah. And so I left and we had made contact at this point. That story is kind of crazy too, of just how, you know, one voicemail came through to mm-hmm. me, like no, had no service at all, but one voicemail came through to me and it was you saying that you were okay and you were safe and you were going to help people. Mm-hmm. And then one text I think comes through to you and it's me saying me and the girls are fine we're going to my mom's and so and then we didn't talk until the next day like it was just like hey did you know that we are directors of a sports ministry Mo Legacy is our traveling basketball program that develops elite athletes who have a strong relationship with God through athletic training life skill development bible study and discipleship each spring and summer we travel all over the midwest competing on national circuits helping our players, 62 players this summer, be exposed to college coaches while also building relationships, discipling, and teaching them about Jesus. If you'd like to help support, you can visit www.jfwc.org give and make sure you select Mo Legacy from the drop-down menu. Um, but that Tuesday, I remember leaving because more storms were coming and I went to Poplar Bluff. I went to your family's house and I'm like, I just got to get out of here. I can't. I was running. That's when it started for me, like running from the storms. And that's when anxiety really, really started to set in. And I remember it ended up storming in Poplar Bluff while I was there. And I went to your aunt's house because she had a basement. And I remember her 
she's very straightforward, your aunt. And she was like, what are you doing? What are you doing hiding in the basement? You know, like she just hadn't, you know, they don't understand. Nobody understands unless you've been through something like that. But obviously she was very loving too. But I just remember that's when people started to be like, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, you've never done this before. Um, So, so so that's, that's when the trauma really started affecting you. So let's talk about, and, and I, I, you know, it's always kind of hard to, re talk about some of this stuff because yeah. you start thinking about it more and, and we're human so we learn to suppress so much. Right. And uh, which is isn't healthy. No. You know, so let's talk about some of the steps you had to to deal with because it isn't it just didn't affect you. Right. It affected everybody you're connected to. You yep. know, um even me as a husband, um our kids. Let's talk a little bit about that before we go on. Um how did you, looking back now, um how did how do you what do you remember how it affected your kids and even even me. Well, it was the small things that allowed it to build over years. So this happened in 2011. And I did not, I think, even start counseling until 2014, maybe? 13 or 14. Somewhere in there, maybe 14 or 15. Like So it was years of this. I let, I let that fear set in and that anxiety set in. And I let it go untreated, basically. Like... Um, and it got to a point in 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that area where it had just overtaken mm. me completely. And it would come to storm season. And I remember just not being able to function. I couldn't, I would come home. And if it was supposed to storm, I would lock myself in the bedroom. Like yeah. I would not come out and I would watch the radar for hours and hours and hours. And if there could be a tornado warning, Two hours from here, and I was hysterical. They're working in the basement again. Yes. So, you know, it is what it is. It's guys. getting remodeled. It's getting finished. So we've had <laughs> They're working floors on redone <laughs> downstairs. We've had our walls being painted and remodeled. We've had our concrete slab in the front poured. Yes. So there's the just a lot weeks. of noise going on. But we're going to go through this because I think this is so good. There's so it much is. meat in this. So Yep. So it just really started to affect me in a way that I couldn't function. If there were storms coming days away, I would be at the highest levels of anxiety for days. I could not show up as a wife. I could not show up as a mom. I could not show up at work. Um, it was just really, really difficult. And it was because I had honestly just left it undealt with. We all went through trauma and we were all just trying to survive Mm -hmm. in those moments. And I never even crossed my mind. Oh, you need to go to therapy. Like you need to get some help with this or you need to even just seek the Lord and like how this is affecting your life on a daily basis. I mean, obviously I'm a praying person. Like we were praying through those times, but it wasn't like I was seeking the Lord intentionally on helping my heart to heal from the things that we had been through. And so it just got to a point for months where I could not function and I wasn't showing up um, for my family or for anything else, you know, around me, at least not. I mean, I was there, I was present, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I was not cognizant or mindful. It was just completely, um, oh, excuse me, (laughs) (laughs) overtaking (laughs) um, my life and our life in that way. And so Finally, I decided to, with some help, to go to therapy and to just say, you know what, you've got to deal with this. This isn't, you cannot live this way for the rest of your life. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to get out of this. Like, I I couldn't even see the end mm-hmm. at that point. And I did not, I was not hopeful in therapy. I was not, 
I did not go into it with the attitude of this is going to help me. I went into it with an attitude of I can't function like this anymore and I don't know what else to do, but I still didn't think it's going to help me. Like I just could not think there's any way out. I felt like at that moment I was so overtaken that I felt like I'm just always going to be like this. There's no yeah. hope basically. It was and and that's that's how it was and so um even as a husband, you know, it was hard for me a lot of times I happen to, you know, to be more patient mm-hmm. than than ever and then also be there for the kid because when you're dealing with that type of trauma, you can't I don't believe you're allowed to see what you're necessarily doing mm-hmm. or saying or even hear what you're saying. And so you were never malicious to the kids or to, to myself or anything like that. But it was a lot of times it was like, it'll start raining. It's like, all right, everybody come in. It's like, no, we're, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And it was like a lot of plans were, were stopped and changed right. because of the fear and anxiety, mm-hmm. you know? And so even as a husband, man, it was, it was rough. It was, it was tough to, to deal with it, you know, um, never thought of ever leaving. Um, but it was, it was times that, I would sit down and be like, why don't you understand this? Mm-hmm. And you would try to explain to me. And when you tried to explain, I would hopefully let you hear yourself. And it sometimes it made it worse. And so yeah. um, I was very, um, very happy when we decided to um, to go to counseling. So let's talk about a little bit about that, um, about when you went to counseling and how did that. Because I think so many people, um, especially, and I want, I want, to, I want to say this with the, best heart I can say, so many people are against counseling. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily against it, they're embarrassed of counseling. Right. You know, um, we do marriage counseling and therapy for couples and, and marriages. Uh, we do pre-marriage things, but we also go to marriage retreats. We also mm-hmm. invest in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went to a, a marriage retreat in Jolongo and one of my friends uh, said, you guys went to a marriage retreat? You know, I'm like, yeah. Like, and I, he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, and it was like, yeah, like we got to invest in ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're learning this thing as well. And so many minorities um, in, in, in the area that I grew up in or even in St. Louis area, the East St. Louis area that I grew up in, uh, lived in, um, people are against, you say right. counseling or therapy, and it's like, boom. I mean, it's like a wall put up. It's very uh, taboo. Yeah. Because absolutely. people don't want to talk about any kind of mental health or mental issues. It's like, you can't see it. It's not there. And especially in communities where, whether it's different ethnicities or different communities or different socioeconomic statuses, it becomes like, you're not tough if you have mental, any kind of mental or thought process issues or mental illness or anything like that. You're not tough enough. You should just be able to deal with it. And I think that is something, maybe even an attitude that you had with me because you weren't able to understand what I was going through at all because you've never dealt with it. And what I would try to explain to you is like, it's not, you're like, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense what you're feeling right now. And I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. It's irrational. That's the, that's kind of the way it's set up. Like fear is not rational. Anxiety is not rational. It's not designed to make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's the whole purpose. And the reason for that is all of these mental health type issues, no matter what the source or the cause of them is, these are all from the enemy. Um, We know that the enemy is the author of confusion. So anytime he can, you know, mess with our mind and get our mind in a place of this irrationality, then he knows that our focus is not fully on God. 
Uh, but thank God that he sent Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross for these issues. And God wants the best for your life. God wants healing and wholeness for my life and for anyone else's life who is struggling with these types of issues. And whether that healing comes through prayer or counseling or the miraculous healing of God, it's there and he wants that for us. So many people have this idea of counseling, like you don't go to counseling until you're in crisis. Right. You don't go to counseling until everything is falling apart, which right. is what got me there. Mm-hmm. I did wait until everything was falling apart. But imagine if I had dealt with it before, Four. before it got to crisis mode. Or imagine if you're investing in your marriage and you go to counseling once a year as like a a refresher, like, hey, let's just go check in and see if there's any little nagging things that we need to deal with. Or just going to counseling, you know, every once in a while before things hit crisis mode so that you don't have to wait until it gets to crisis mode. It's so taboo. And I'm so thankful now. And I think this is what taught us. You don't have to wait until it's in crisis. Like we we counsel with our pastor almost on every other week basis at Absolutely. this point, because why not? Like, why not? head things off before they get into, into a crisis. So going to counseling though, I remember someone telling me that, um, when you go to counseling, you're not going to deal with storms. And I was like, what? That's stupid. Like I have, (laughs) I have PTSD. I clearly have PTSD, you know? Um, why would I not deal with storms? And I remember them telling me, you're going to go back and deal with things in your childhood. Um, you're going to deal with things you know, that you grew up with or maybe traumas that happened to you previous in life. And I was like, that just is so stupid. That just does not make any sense to me. So going into counseling with that attitude, I think was like, I I just really didn't, was not hopeful that it was going to help me because I'm like, I don't want to go in. That's not, that's not the (laughs) issue. My childhood is not the issue. The issue is I went through a freaking tornado. Like, Obviously, this is the issue that I need to deal with. So I I remember dealing with that, like walking into counseling and being like, oh, I just don't know. And what do you know when we walked into counseling and you went with me um, for the first several, several sessions. And I remember talking about not talking about storms for like for the longest. Yeah. And I was, I was like, confused. I was like, aren't we here, <laughs> are we aren't here, we here for the- this? So I think it was such a such a process. And, you know, anyone who deals in counseling or therapy would know this now that there's just, there were other areas where fear had come into my life and going through this traumatic event just brought those things out. So. This is so good. Well, um, we went a little longer than normal, mm-hmm. but I want to, I want to call this in part one. Right. I believe this, it's more to this that, and it, this is so good. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's pause for the calls right here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll end this one on part one, and we'll we'll definitely share a part two to this because um, this is so good, so healthy. Yeah, and I think it is important to talk about the counseling process and the prayer process and the healing process. So we've dealt a lot with the trauma, but we don't like to focus too much on absolutely not the enemy. Like we're right. not going to give the enemy glory out of this. You we're going to come back with a part two and go. Uh, or do you want to just go on? Let's go part two. All right, part two? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. This is so good. Hopefully, it's a blessing to you. Remember, if you loved it, if you like it, and it's a blessing to you, uh, share it with your friends and your family. Yep. We'll see you next time on part two. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Hopefully, it was a blessing to you. If you enjoyed it, make sure you take the time to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And don't forget to recommend to your family and friends. Hey.